Hi, little killers. Christy here. Just a quick reminder before we start today's episode that as we are recording all of these episodes through social distancing, the audio quality between the host and guest will vary. Thanks for bearing with us. On with the show. Hello, Lil Killers, and welcome back to Spilling Eve. I am your host, Christy LaPointe, and we are here to talk about Season 3, Episode 7, Beautiful Monster, directed by Damon Thomas and written by Laura Neal. The cold open starts with Villanelle. She's sitting and squinting at these suits of armor that appear to be squinting back at her. And then Helena brings her in and introduces her to this new woman who we've been teased in the promos and social media for days. She says her name is Rianne. And there's some really fun banter in this scene. She asks Villanelle what she's thinking about. Uh, and Villanelle says she's thinking of all the ways, like how she would kill Helena. And she says she doesn't know exactly how she'd do it, but it would definitely involve that tiny chair. Quick pan over to a tiny chair. And it is a weird scene. Helena at one point embraces Villanelle, like hugs her while Villanelle is sitting in the chair in a very maternal way, sort of like clutching her to her bosom and says, do you know why I love you, Villanelle? Because you're an agent of chaos and I love chaos. And she goes on. It's very like villain uh, manifesto speechy feels. And as, as they're leaving, Villanelle says, thanks for the inappropriate touching because it was actually really nice. And Helena says that Villanelle wouldn't be able to kill her with the tiny chair like Villanelle was considering because she has no idea like who she's dealing with and Villanelle asks to be sent out on a mission and she says she'll go with Dasha even though she was acting like she was overkilling or whatever and then there's this weird song drop that feels very Winona Earpy to me and then all of a sudden no no title card no killing Eve we're in this credit sequence and I, my jaw literally dropped. I was so surprised. After some uh, freaking out and texting people and internet sleuthing, I guess this happened earlier in the season in uh, episode 302, but I did not remember that. I don't know if I was just so uh, blinded by Kenny's death. I, I honestly, zero recollection of there being a credit sequence before, but either way, what what are we doing I mean, the, look, this show, we've talked about the title card Anarchy ad nauseum, so I won't go on too much about that. But a, a credit sequence, like a theme song credit sequence? Uh, it felt very strange. On the one hand, it was very nice to see all the actors' names up there. I love that they're getting, you know, recognition. And look, as an actor, having your name play in a credit sequence, that's like very impactful career-wise. That could have a big impact if people are starting to know your name and not just know the character you play. But on the other hand, we're we're almost done season three. What the hell is happening? Moving on. 
Carolyn and Mo go over, you know, evil boss man, 12 guy, Paul's receipts, which seem like boring white people stuff. Uh, but Carolyn decides it's a, a crafted cover. There's some funny lines here about, you know, knowing that he's trying to make it look like he's having a nice night at home where Mo just thinks he is having a nice night at home. And the the tell for Carolyn was that that vintage of Chablis is undrinkable. So it's clearly not something he was actually doing which is just like the bougiest way to assume someone is lying which he is and then she she sends Mo out. She has a funny line there about uh, Mo not being able to joke or eat his pancakes because he's not doing his job right and then Eve shows up and basically says uh, a, a couple things. There's a little bit of banter, but then she asks, isn't it time you told me what what did you tell her in that prison? Because she thinks maybe Carolyn does have a direct line to Villanelle. She, does, she still doesn't fully trust Carolyn for good reason. And Carolyn says she offered Villanelle a job, which she turned down. But is that true? I find that very hard to believe. I want the answers, just like Eve. And then we see Constantine going to pick up Arena from some sort of juvie psych ward situation. And Constantine tries to get her discharged so they can run away to Cuba. But the doctor man says that she's disturbed AF and won't be leaving for several weeks. And Constantine yells and gets enraged. And okay... This is something I don't understand. Maybe some of our Russian listeners can weigh in, or maybe this is just weird writing device. If she murdered a man, even if it was considered involuntary manslaughter or something, they got away with it like that, would she not be in jail or juvie for a while, not just like discharged at her dad's will? Like, there is a man dead because of her. I don't know. I found that a little implausible. Then we are back at the Bitter Pill offices and Bear catches Eve rifling around in the recycling to find that cake box from Villanelle so she can track down the bakery. Banter, banter, banter. They go inside. Turns out the offices were raided by the cops, question mark. And Bear offers to help Eve, you know, on this journey to find information through the bakery. Then we flip back over to Russia. Constantine is talking to Irina in a visiting room, and Irina's really joking around and honestly acting very early season villanelli. Uh, but Constantine is not having it, and he's so mad and he's so scared, and this has foiled all of his plans. And as he leaves, she tells him to eat a dick, I believe in Icelandic, because earlier when he was talking to the doctor, he said, uh, the doctor was saying how smart she is. And he's the doctor, Constantine said, yeah, imagine how annoying it is being told to eat a dick in Icelandic. Then we flip over back to Bear, Bear's and, and the team. Bear's looking up records from the cake shop, and it, they're looking at all of the different charges on these cards, kind of illegally. Bear mentions offhand that he lost his virginity in Reykjavik, and there's a little ha-ha-ha, this guy, which I found a little tacky. I don't know. I didn't love it. But also, what is with all the Iceland references in this episode? I don't understand. Do they mean something, or did the writer just really love Iceland? It's a great, it's a great country. It's very cool. They find the credit card that they believe paid for the cake. They see some very recent charges on it. 
Eve, this is all Eve needs. She's like, up and at him, let's go. And then we flip to Scotland, where Dasha and Villanelle are checking into a hotel. Villanelle changes their cover slash accent very last minute to Scottish. And of course, Dasha just has to, you know, jump in right away. They take the elevator and have this weird interaction between them. And Villanelle tells her that Russia is not waiting for Dasha's return. And she's just saying, like, look, old lady, old timer. It's not what you think it is. And going home doesn't hold this great reward you've built up in your head. She says a line that I love. She was like, Russia has vegans now. And I died laughing. I am a vegan. I don't know if I've talked about that on this podcast ever before. But look, we love being joked, joked, lightly joked about. Also, if you're looking for cool, uh, healthy, easy recipes to make, sometimes healthy, sometimes just delicious, I have a vegan Instagram at Plant Based Christy. Why not plug that? Go, go look at my delicious food. I waste way too much time doing it. I food styled in another life. Anyway, Dasha also reveals in this elevator ride that she has a son and Villanelle kind of jokes about it and her bad breath. And then we flip to Geraldine waiting at Constantine's with wine and steak. And it feels very romantic and weird and I don't like it. And Geraldine is basically being ushered out. Constantine's like, no, not the time. There's also a repeat of that joke of her waiting and him coming in and being scared and screaming, which I loved when they did that all in one episode. But bringing it back, it felt a little hat on a hat to me. I was like, no, we've we've done this joke. We I'm over it now. And it spelled it out a little too much for me. But they go back and forth. And then Geraldine, as she's leaving, she says she thinks her mom is on the brink of a discovery. And then he says she can stay. He asks what kind of steak it is or whatever. And she freaks out and accuses him of using her just like Carolyn said he was. And they have this angry back and forth. And she says that she hopes he dies. And he's like, yeah, that that's a real distinct possibility right now. And then we cut to Villanelle and Dasha golfing. My friends, can we just talk about this outfit? We'll bring it up. I'll bring it up again in top outfit with our guest later on in the show. But oh my gosh, Villanelle's green plaid feathery golfing outfit is so outrageous. And Dasha is just lamenting the fact that as she retires, she's really going to miss killing people and the joy it brings her. And Vil says, yeah, Dasha, you can kill the mark like as a gift, as a retirement gift. And Dasha's like, no, 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 no. You're just afraid to kill people now. Like you're losing it. You're losing your ability. And then we cut to Eve, who is also in Scotland in some sort of an Uber car share, car share? rideshare situation uh, with this driver, this lovely chatty driver who's just going on and on and a beautiful Scottish accent. Also, the Scottish accents in this episode made me so happy. Jodie Comers is so good. Uh, And he's talking about his love of true crime walking tours and how that's what him and his wife always do when they go to the city, blah, blah, blah. And Eve is just not there for it in the least. And then we cut back to Villanelle and Dasha and they are luring their American mark into this wooded area and he seems like a terrible sexist prick who we hate and Villanelle tees him up to kill him she gets him to like lean down looking for this golf ball and she raises her golf club right up above her head and then he turns and looks and as he looks she turns and she 
smacks Dasha, like violently hits her in the head with the club and he freaks out and she's like, what are you doing? Run, run away. And it is a very jarring moment. I was genuinely surprised by it. So the man then stumbles and finds Eve's vehicle and sort of like tries to get in and Eve is like, what happened? And he starts talking about this girl and Eve knows right away, like, oh, this is Villanelle. This is happening. This is for real. And she gets the information she needs from him, pushes him out of the car and they drive towards the hole where the incident happened. And then text on screen is somewhere nearby. And we see Constantine picking up Villanelle. She says he's late. He says they're going to go get his money. And then we see Eve at the hole and Eve finds Dasha. And Dasha is muttering about her mustache like Stalin and Eve just has this like flicker of evil cross her eyes and she stands on Dasha's chest and puts her foot on her heart and starts pushing down and she gets real crazy eyes like very much dark willow in Buffy I mean they don't go full jet black but that's the intention behind them like she just seems kind of evil and kind of like she wants to murder this person which seems really extreme because what has Dasha personally done to Eve? I know that the 12 and this whole thing and yada yada, but like if you were going to murder someone for a first time, like, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like she was going to get so much joy from murdering this woman who is tangentially related to an organization that's kind of fucked up her life and led to the deaths of her friends, but not like... Like, Villanelle killed Bill. She thinks Villanelle is the one who was the reason Nico was killed, if not Nico's killer. I mean, she can't know that Tasha killed Nico, right? Maybe. Maybe she is assuming that. But anyway, it's a it's a real intense moment. And Eve uh, hears sirens. So she quits and she starts running away. Um, and then Mo is walking home under this bridge by a shallow river. And it's so nice, but whoa, we see Rianne. She clocks him. She tails him. And then we cut back to Villanelle and Papa K and they're walking through the, uh, train station and he is worried. He's so worried. And the acting by Kim Bodina in this episode is so good. He's so worried about everyone who wants him dead and everyone who needs something from him. And it's so, so sad. And then suddenly he just, he has a heart attack and Villanelle thinks he's faking at first and then she goes over and they share this tender moment and then she asks like how do I get the money I'll come back for you I'll come back for you and she gets a paper with the information out of his coat pocket and then she books it onto the train and there's a, a group of people sort of surrounding him now and Eve is right behind them and she finds Papa K lying on the ground and she asks she's like is, are, you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay has someone called an ambulance and then she asks where is she and he gestures to the train and Eve runs over and they wave to each other as the train leaves. Cut. It's a, it's a very, I mean, these two haven't seen each other for episodes and episodes. And the wave is strange. It's sort of like friends, like flirty friends you haven't seen in a while. Like it's a really weird energy from both of them. And then cut to Mo's dead body in the river, in the shallow river he was walking right by. Womp womp. We see Carolyn barging home and saying they're going to order takeaway. And Geraldine's like, yeah, great. It's, anything vegetarian is fine. And then Carolyn says she's going to do self-care and run a bath and blah, blah, blah. And instead, Geraldine 
finds the bath overrun with water and the bathroom flooded and comes down and Carolyn is sort of comatose on the couch and eventually she admits she's upset Mo has died even though she says like he knew he knew the risks he wasn't a civilian so this isn't actually a sad thing like blah 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 and Geraldine gets really upset at how callous Carolyn is and says she has to find a way to express herself and to feel her feelings and Carolyn just sort of like has a quick snap breaks a bunch of shit right around them in the apartment is like are you happy now is that what you meant and then uh that's the end of that scene it's really dramatic and sad but we do see a little bit of carolyn maybe losing this veneer she's she's covered herself in this like cold calm cool collected carolyn everyone is dying around her and it's sort of like maybe there's a part of her that's starting to realize why am i doing this like what to what end and then we cut to papa k constantine is alive thank goodness he's in a hospital and the doctor comes and asks if he's been under any stress lately or if anything's been you know upsetting him yada yada all these things can and he cracks up and it's that beautiful amazing constantine kimbodina explosive laughter that we have all come to love so much and he's just laughing and laughing and she keeps trying to sort of interject and he just keeps like cracking up and then we hear this sort of maniacal laughing coming from behind the curtain his hospital roommate and we're like what is that? Pull back the curtain to reveal Dasha bruised and bloodied her face. She's lying. She is in the hospital bed next to Constantine in Scotland. It is it I think in Scotland, right? Anyway, it is too much. It is so funny. And then the text on screen says Liverpool Station, London. And Eve is strolling and she gets a call from Villanelle. Uh, saying we have to stop running into each other like this and Eve is so so surprised I don't know if she was surprised Villanelle had her phone number or whatever it seemed I was like yeah yeah dude why what do you think's gonna happen chasing this person who is also obsessed with and chasing you I, I don't know and that's it that's the episode we see in the preview for next week's episode for the finale of this season that Eve and Villanelle will meet and will have an encounter although it doesn't seem like it's going to be the bulk of the episode and yeah that's it I'm really uh, excited to chat about this episode with our wonderful guest Coco Galore and I'm excited to hear all of your thoughts too we got a lot of Eve mail this week we're not going to be able to get to all of it but hopefully we'll get to a good bunch guys we're so close we're so close to the end of the season which is wild I feel like it's flown by all right guest time baby (laughs) Is that is that a smooth segue? I feel like I'm getting worse at hosting. Anyway, we are welcoming our guest to the show. I said that weird. Our guest today is the wonderful Coco Galore, who is a... Hey, Coco! You are a Toronto-based actor, comedian, curator. I've got your beautiful bio in front of me, but I'm not going to read it to you like a weirdo. You know what you've done. Do you want to tell our audience just a little bit about who you are? What's your deal? So I'm Coco Galore. I'm a Toronto-based performer, uh, producer, curator. I'm uh, right now the interim artistic director and managing director of the Bad Dog Theatre. Let's talk about last night's episode. Um, Because it was a bit of a doozy. 
I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> I'm like, would you would you all believe this episode had things to talk about? Um, but it's true. There was some weird shit going on in this episode. Mm. So in this episode, there were sort of two fake outs with yep. Constantine and Dasha. Yep. Yeah. And I thought it was a really interesting choice for A, them to keep them both alive, but B, to have them wind up as like roommates in the hospital. Oh my God. So first of all, I didn't think that Dasha died because she only hit her once. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Her face was so bruised in the hospital to kind of a comical degree that I thought like, did she fall a bunch after? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I know we've been seeing it over the course of the whole show, but it was real intense on the like dark Eve sort of vibes. Like when Mm -hmm. Eve stands on Dasha's chest and starts like pushing down on her heart. Like that's some fucked up shit. Yeah. But I feel like, but I feel like that's part of what they've been saying all along. Right. Is that she also has this darkness in her and that's the part of her that connects with Villanelle and Villanelle knows this. A hundred percent. And it's like we're starting to see like Eve doesn't really have anything tethering her to reality anymore. Yeah. So yes, totally. Or like her humanity. She doesn't have those people in her life. Like, yes, Nico to a degree, but more like Kenny and Bill and the people who loved her and cared about her. She doesn't have that anymore. So I wonder if we're going to start to see. I mean, I know there's only one episode left this season, but there is a whole other season planned. Like, I I wonder if we're going to start to see her sort of have nothing to lose and that's going to unleash this darkness. The good guy and the bad guy always have like, they're always like mirrors of each other. It's just that one decides to use it for good and the other decides to use it for bad, right? Mm -hmm. So thinking of like Carolyn's character is like, she's not all good. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned from watching Scandal is that <laughs> is that just because you wear the white hat doesn't mean you don't do bad things. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right? I mean, Scandal is a great example of people who, when that show started, it felt like they were like, they had the best intentions. And then as the series progresses, like those lines get blurred. Yeah. And like, the, oh, these people are bad. Yeah. The <laughs> reasons they're doing things start making no sense. And then you're in deeper and deeper and you have to like keep being bad to cover up your bad behavior. Yeah. In order to do something for the greater good question mark. Let's start with top kill because this was a very weird episode for kills. Am I right that only one person died and we didn't even see him get murdered? No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, there was no one who, like, died on camera this week. You're right. Bizarre. And and it was, like, and it was so weirdly, well, it wasn't weirdly done. It was just, like, an implication of who killed him. And we didn't even get the satisfaction of being, like, well, what are her skills? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was weird that they set her up as this new assassin character Rianne and she's so mysterious and she was in all the promos and then all we really see of her is her being like kind of grumpy in that meeting at the beginning her following Mo and then we just assume she has somehow planted him in the river okay let's do top line I felt like this episode had a lot of good lines especially right off the top I felt like it was funny I felt like the scene with Helene question mark was really good and then the 
the breakfast scene with Carolyn and Mo and Eve was really good. So there were only two that I wrote down, even though okay. I liked a lot of it. I thought that, I mean, it's the titular line. This episode was called Beautiful Monster. But yeah. her saying that, you're a beautiful monster, Villanelle. Like, that was so devastating. And it's like the kind of deranged, messed up, love Villanelle has never gotten from a mother figure in her life. Yeah. And it's someone seeing her so clearly. So clearly. To the point where she's scared. Yeah, exactly. Like, that is what Villanelle is. She is wonderful and so talented and so brilliant. And she is, like, a deranged mm, assassin. The other line that I had written down was uh, from that breakfast scene when Moe's like joking about Paul's bills all being like boring white people bullshit. And Carolyn says, jokes are for people who do their jobs correctly, Moe. So are omelets. (laughs) And then takes his breakfast away from him. (laughs) I was like, yes, Carolyn is back. Uh, one of my top lines is so for first of all i love constantine's daughter irena mm-hmm. so one of my top lines is when constantine says to the doctor do you know how frustrating it is to get told go eat a dick in icelandic <laughs> <laughs> so good and then later when he, they have their little fight him and Irina and she says it to him it's such yes. a little cute little button let's talk about top outfit my oh, top yeah. outfit bar none obviously was that insane villanelle golfing outfit yes me too <laughs> that i and like i had already seen it in the promo and in some social media earlier this week and still when the, the scene popped up and you just see her in the whole frame it is so wild like the plaid and the breastplate and the green feathers and it's so green like she just really looked like a combination of like just grass but also like a bird yes yes like a plaid scottish grass bird yes but that outfit was so good and it's like um the pant leg was like there's like an elastic at the bottom or it's like tapered at the bottom so it's like balloon style and then it goes back in and then she's wearing these like white oxford like shoes or oxford shoes i'm not sure i couldn't tell but it was so good and then when you see her walking on the on the train platform you get the full view of the outfit you're like this outfit's amazing okay that brings us to top ship so coco do you know more or less what it means to ship characters no okay so I haven't had to try to explain this in a long time, and I also do not understand it fully. But in fandom culture, when you ship two characters, it's like typically two characters you want to be together, ship like relationship. So Mm -hmm. usually it's characters who aren't uh, canon couples, but you're like, those two should be together forever. For the purposes of our Spilling Eve podcast, we take away the like romantic connotations because there aren't enough and it would just be like even Villanelle every episode, no matter what. So for us, our top ship is who are the two characters you love seeing on screen together? You wish you see on screen together more uh, that you, you really enjoyed in this episode. Ooh, uh, I didn't even think about that one. I need a second. That's fine. I'll go first. For me in this episode, uh, 
it was I kind of had a tie, but both of them included Constantine. Mm. I did love seeing Constantine and Villanelle together again. I love it when they're together and when they're not mad at each other and seeing them sort of in cahoots together in the car and then in the train station. I really loved. And even though Villanelle does leave him after having this heart attack, there was a really tender moment there where you genuinely believe like she would be devastated if he died. He's one of the only people she has and she really cares about him and she's genuinely worried. And I love seeing that. And then I also love Constantine and arena together when they have their like little spatty back and forth in that Mm -hmm. meeting room. Like, so good and so hard to see arena just wants to be playful with him and sort of you know be her sassy teenager self and he is so broken down and worried and the plan has been so royally screwed up that he just he can't engage with her like that right and it's it's so hard to watch but i love seeing the two of them together so i this is like a mysterious combo And it's more that, like, I want to see what it is because I feel like there's something there is is, um, Dasha and Constantine. So in that moment where they discover that they're next to each other, there was a look that said, oh, God, not you. Right? 100%. And I want to be like, why? Why not her? Like, you know what I mean? Because she's laughing, like, demonically. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, fuck. And I just want to know what has, even like in past episodes in this season, it felt like there's something there that they're not talking about. And I don't even know if Villanelle is aware of it. In the same way that like in season one, when you find out about Carolyn and Constantine, I just want to know what is happening, what's going on, you know. Yeah, 100%. That brings us to Eve Mail. Are you cool to answer some Eve Mails with me? Into it. Eve Mail. Eve Mail. All right. We got so, so many this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. We're definitely not going to get to all of them, but I will try my best to get a bunch in. So first is from Kat. Oh, that's funny. Her email says Kat, and then it signs off Kate. Oh, Oh, it's Kate. Hi, Christy. My name is Kate. Maybe I should have read the first sentence. Uh, (laughs) My name is Kate. I'm from Russia, and I wanted to give you a perspective of a Russian fan on the show after watching episode five. You know, it is actually a bit annoying that our country is represented in a poor way, but I guess it's done for the sake of the plot, not like every image should be a posh place in the capital. There are a lot of sad places in every country like this, and these Russian scenes are not even filmed in Russia. So I don't see any point in being offended by it. It's the writer's choice to create such a picture in their story, and it doesn't mean that it's 100% true IRL. I hope people take it easier. I absolutely love the show, and the actors are brilliant. I even got interested in Jody's natural accent and started studying different British accents. Thank you for your efforts on making this podcast and helping us process every episode of the show. It means a lot. Take care, Kate. Thanks, Kate. What a great message. So we had talked in a previous uh, episode when we did the episode five one, where we were seeing both Villanelle's home in Russia and Nico's home in Poland being painted as sort of these like hick backwater, small, like kind of old timey places. Right. And people had differing opinions on 
uh, how appropriate that was, if it was just sort of part of the story. Um, and it was really, I thought it was really nice to get the point of view from someone who actually lives in one of those places to speak to that. Yeah. Also, on Jodie Comer's real life accent, Jodie Comer is from Liverpool, and the, like that accent is just one of the most pleasant things in the world to listen to. I love listening to her talk in her natural voice. Right. Okay, our next Eve mail reads, Hello, my name is Ariana, and I'm from Louisiana. Love the podcast, of course, and have listened since the beginning. Thanks for always keeping us entertained, especially in these crazy times. I wanted to hear you and your guests' theories for the finale. This episode ended so wonderfully, having Villanelle call Eve at the end. Guess she had her number the whole time. (laughs) That leads me to believe that the finale will kick off with them working together right away. The bigger question is how it will end. I enjoy a good theory and would love to hear how you think season three will wrap up, whether the pair will finally have an honest heart-to-heart mirroring the season one finale, or if they will once again separate into the unknown. Cheers! P.S. Episode three, Grey Pantsuit Fan Club. Ariana, thank you for this lovely email. Um, Okay, so first of all, I love all of Jodie Comer's pantsuits. Just got to say that. Okay. Um, Jodie Comer could wear like a burlap sack and it would look amazing. But the way they dress her in this show is so (laughs) So good. good. As far as ideas for the finale, I I mean, I do not have like a set theory of anything I think is going to happen because this season has been so windy and twisty and turny and they've set up so much. Like when you think back to the beginning of the season, we we didn't know Dasha before this season, let alone Helena let alone so many characters so many different mo who is now dead whose murder we now have to like contend with like there's so much that they've set up that for me my only real guess and hope is that we're gonna have a lot of jody and sandra on screen together my theory is that um villanelle's gonna get hurt and that eve is gonna have to think about which way she wants to go and that will be season four Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, she's going to have to side with her or not. Yeah, and I, th- and, I, and I feel like, I feel like she will, but who knows, right? Um, but I think, I feel like she's going to have to really face her, her truth. If you really think about this episode that we just watched... Eve is literally chasing Villanelle. While we're on the topic of the finale, I'm just going to read a little bit from a message we got from another reader named Claudia. And Claudia said she wants to know how the season finale will play out now that we know Dasha is alive. From the promos, we know that Eve and Villanelle are finally reuniting for more than just a fleeting moment on public transit. Do you think Dasha is going to come after both Villanelle and Eve? Will Helena send that other assassin after Villanelle, knowing she tried to kill Dasha? Will Villanelle kill Dasha or someone trying to protect Eve or vice versa, which is kind of your idea, Coco? Mm -hmm. Or will Villanelle and Eve find Papa K's money and finally run off to Alaska together? So many questions. (laughs) All the best from Bonnie Scotland, Claudia. Um, I love that. Like you have people all over. So, one one thing that she asks is like, will 
uh, the 12th sends someone to kill the Linnell, like, to kind of, like, avenge Dasha, my answer to that is, like, absolutely not. I don't think they care about Dasha. I don't think they care about any of their agents. Like, if you kill one of their agents, they're like, okay, one down. Who, totally. who else do we have left? Now we just have to replace that person. I also think, I, I think the money plays an interesting role. So I was mm. glad she brought it up because we just know that, Constantine wanted to go get this money that he's stolen from the 12 and now oh, Villanelle yeah, is right now Villanelle is going to find that money based off of whatever scribbled on a tiny paper that was in his pocket so yeah. I think that money will probably play a very important role in the finale right I agree yeah all right the next question is from Sharon Sharon says hey there Love the podcast. Thanks for creating the space. It's been great to listen to while doing my mountains of quarantine dishes. Friend, I feel you. All I do is cook and wash dishes, and I always have podcasts playing. Uh, Sharon says, I'm not sure if I'm just a Sandra O super fan, but I feel like there has been a huge lack of Eve this season and even part of the last season. They wasted it all on Nico. Have you noticed the same thing? (laughs) Let's retitle this show Looking for Eve. Sharon. (laughs) Sharon you are definitely not alone in that sentiment if you go on Killing Eve Twitter at all uh, or Reddit or even in our very own Facebook group people have been very very uh, saddened by the small amount of Eve in this season yeah and I think that's totally valid I understand that there's a lot going on in the show and they have a really limited amount of time to develop story and make things happen. But I am also a big fan of Sandra O. Okay. Our next email is from Anna. She says, hi, my name is Anna and I'm from the Ukraine. Love your podcast. It's really helping us survive uh, a week longing for new episodes after next week. What are we going to do? Just as a little note from Christy, uh, we are going to release one bonus episode after the season ends, so you can all look forward to that. Anna also says, so, can we talk about the opening sequence? First of all, the color pattern in 302 was red cherry color, and here it's dark green, almost like the Grinch color, which is respective colors of Villanelle and Eve in the season two finale in The Ruins mind-blowing i had n- oh, wow. i had not caught that at all oh i actually have a note about the opener too but we'll go- we'll get into that after yes. you finish the letter. uh then anna says second of all it shows how symmetrical this season is episode two the second from the beginning and episode seven the second from the end have been the only ones with these opening credit sequences and constantine geraldine scenes episode four and six had chaotic title cards as well as very jumpy timeline lines in the episodes with ending with the potential death of a man. And at the center of it was episode five, where Villanelle killed her mother, which changed her forever uh, and changed her relationship with Eve. P.S. God, I love this big brain energy in season three. Anna, (laughs) let me just say, you are doing like the deep dive, uh, intense fan work on this. And I (laughs) really appreciate it. I watching it was like credit sequence. What's going on? And then reading this, I was like, whoa. And I don't know. I don't know if this level of thought and detail was put into the show or if some of this is coincidental. But I think it's very cool to look at. I never watched a show live. 
So when I saw the opening sequence, I was like, opening sequence? What? <laughs> Is this because I don't watch any of it live? Because I watch it on demand? So then I was like, I like this song. Well, do you know about this? No. Is this the song from this week's episode? Okay, from this so sequence? this week's episode song, I was listening to it. I was like, I like this song. I Google it. And it's this complete thing where it is actually a remake of a Taylor Swift song. What? Yes. Okay, let me just pull up my page because I actually saved this on my computer just so I could talk about this. Coco, I am... There was an article literally written, Killing Eve's song just reminded everyone how smart Taylor Swift really is because this is a re-recording of a Taylor Swift song that she apparently got a band to do and she like produced it through her like other name uh the one that was the same name that wrote the calvin harris and rihanna song and it is about her re-recording a song that she no longer actually has access to and it's like some kind of loophole that she found okay everybody needs to google it because i'm just like this is so layered and it's so fucking i literally have goosebumps right now (laughs) this is the craziest this is like conspiracy theory next level shit yeah meta what's the song called um oh god look what you made me do also so this is a cover of uh taylor swift's look what you made me do that wow coco excellent detective skills on that that's incredible Mm -hmm. i also like i didn't remember that there was an opening sequence in 302 which apparently there was oh wow Um, so i'm gonna have to go back and just re-watch that i think that was the episode after kenny died and his funeral and stuff and i think i was so uh, caught up in that yes i was just sobbing not watching the tv um but i thought the fact that red and green were the two colors and those were the colors they wore last time they had their you know fateful moment with the shooting like there's a lot going on there anyway i just thought it was so cool that some of it is probably likely a coincidence or just a a matter of like how the formatting and structuring went but some of these little things feel pretty intentional yeah i would say they're intentional (laughs) so cool Okay, we have... Especially now that I know about the Taylor Swift song. I'm like, okay, guys. (laughs) Oh, my... I mean, I am... Coco, I'm going to read that article immediately after we hang up the phone. Yeah, it's... it's, And I was just, like, curious. Like, oh, I like this song. Who is it? (laughs) Little did you know you're going to unearth. Little did I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, we have one final Eve mail. This one is from Kinga. Kinga says, hello to Christy and guest. Greetings from Poland. I've been really enjoying this season so far. In the latest episode, I especially loved Eve's scene with Dasha, and I'm really hopeful and excited for the prospect of a dark Eve expanding in season four. Since Dasha is still alive, and narratively it makes sense for her to die in this last episode, what do you think is more probable in the finale, based on what we've seen so far? That Eve, Villanelle, or maybe both of them working together will kill Dasha. Stay healthy and lots of love, Kinga. Wow. Why do we have to kill Dasha? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like we're in a sad kill only game of fuck Mary kill. Um, I mean, I'm into killings, but why do we have to kill Dasha? I yeah, don't know. I think it's quite possible that she'll die in this season, but I don't think that it's a given. 
Um, and I also don't think it's necessarily a given that if she does die, it's going to be at the hands of one of these two. I no, mean, I think it's going to be at Rian, whatever that girl's name is. Yeah, Rian, you got it. Rian, whatever her name, the second assassin. I think she'll probably die at her hands. Yeah, I could see the 12 killing off Dasha because Dasha is causing too much trouble. I could see yeah. Constantine getting Dasha killed because he doesn't want yeah. her to kill him. Like, yeah. I think there's a, a lot of potential there. If anyone has any predictions about Dasha and her fate in the finale, uh, tweet them to us at Spilling Eve and we'll share all of your thoughts. Also, thank you for everyone who sent in tweets after the episode this week. There were so many uh, good thoughts and funny moments. And I love when you tweet us what your top kills and lines and outfits are from the show. It makes it so fun. Someone referenced the line about how heroes get the girl, yada, yada. And someone on Twitter, Sonia on Twitter said, neither Villanelle nor Eve are really categorized as a hero and they're not in Hollywood. So there's still a hope that they will get together, Um, which I thought was very sweet. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, thank you to everyone who sent in your emails and tweeted at us. You can send in your emails to spillingeve at gmail.com. We have two episodes left. So we're going to do the finale episode and then we're going to do like a big season three wrap up episode. And I would love your thoughts. Try to keep them fairly brief makes it easier. Or you can send in your voice memos. Just record a memo on your phone a minute or less. Love it. Love hearing from you all so, so much. Coco, that brings us to our last two little mini segments of the show. Okay, let's do it. The first one is Recommendation Station. What do you have? I had not watched American Horror Story, but I went back and I only watched The Coven and The Apocalypse season. (laughs) That's so funny. I've seen a lot of the first season, but I haven't seen either of those. Yeah, so I just went to watch Coven. Uh, So that one is about... um, the witches uh in new orleans and that's where angela like i really wanted to watch it because of angela Bassett. i was like i just need to see what all those gifts come from where she like flips <laughs> her braids and stuff and she's like totally with the wrong bitch today i was like i need to know last night i was thinking about it and it's like half of the show is just women over 40 and like at least four of those women are over 50 and three of those women are over 60 that's incredible And that's fucking amazing thinking about the fact that they used to tell us that like actors wouldn't like actresses you won't work over the age of 40. Especially a show that's like a fun weird genre show. Yeah. Like it's not just a sitcom about a bunch of old ladies being old like this is fun compelling work. Yeah. Uh, For me this week, I have two sort of polar opposite recommendations. The first one is the new Mindy Kaling Netflix show, Never Have I Ever, which Mm. I had really put off watching. I don't know why. I was just like, "Uh," I saw the trailer, like the previews for it. And I I felt like I I love Mindy Kaling, but I don't know. Anyway, watched the whole thing in like a day and a half. I loved it so much. The uh, star of it is like a local Torontonian girl who had never acted before and she's so good in it. And it's very light. It's very sweet. It deals with themes of like grief um, over a parent dying, which I thought was a really interesting thing to weave into this, you know, youth teen high school show that's mostly about like liking boys and and not just boys there's a some cool queer representation i mean all 
three of the lead girls in it are women of color. And I, I just really, really enjoyed that show. Then the right. other thing I have been washing my dishes to a lot lately is a podcast called True Crime Obsessed, which I love true crime. I listen to all the normal big true crime podcasts, but I had not listened to this one until this year and I have fallen in love with it. The hosts are Jillian and Patrick and they're two like very outrageous flamboyant theater kids from New York and they scream and squeal about all of the all of the true crime cases they talk about and it's all about true crime documentaries so oh, wow. you can watch the documentary first and then hear their take or you can just hear their take if it's a doc you don't have access to or don't really want to watch and it's really really entertaining it's it's a lot of fun so yeah those are my my two um Into it. yeah so good what else uh that brings us to our final last moments which is of course plugs coco where can people find you, follow you, learn about what you have going on? Uh, I'm across the internet as Coco Galore, so it's C-O-K-O-G-A-L-O-R-E. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on all of those things. Right now, uh, the project that I'm working on is uh, at Bad Dog Theater, and it's the uh, online TV channel that we're working on for uh, live improvised theater Um and now that it's like, we're all locked down, you can watch us anywhere. You can watch us in Australia. You can watch us in Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, just log on to, like, at Bad Dog Theater um, at, on Instagram, Facebook, any of those platforms, and you'll find out how to watch those shows. And we launch on June 1st with a premiering show on May 28th. So exciting. I cannot wait mm -hmm. to check some of those out. I feel like I haven't been to an improv show in 45 years. If you're not already following the show, we are at Spilling Eve on Twitter and Instagram. We're especially active on Twitter, so if you tweet, tweet at us. Uh, the Facebook group is Spilling Eve. We will link it in the show notes. We are almost at 3,000 members in that Facebook group now, which oh my God, is I love it. ridiculous. Shout out to our incredible moderators, Courtney and Kelly, who keep that thing going. And yeah, that's it. We have one episode left of this season. I can't believe it. It has flown by. Uh, send in your email. Get us all your thoughts. Have a great weekend. Remember, do not kill anyone. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. Oh, my God. That includes not going to the park. <laughs> yes. Don't kill anyone by unknowingly spread spreading this terrible virus. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay.